Welcome to Swimming with the Fish, where we have decided to just pull this show completely out of our pants. Um, I am so happy to be back. This is, of course, Chief and Goon and Crutch, Crutch speaking. Um, guys, uh, obviously I haven't had enough sleep because I'm starting to call myself Chief, which I thought was pretty funny there. Uh, how are you guys today? I ain't pulling nothing out of my pants. I'm just saying. <laughs> the last time I did that, there was a lawsuit. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start swimmingly. Um, first, uh, my thanks, huge thanks to the chief and the goon. A, a great job on the show last week. Uh, thanks for letting me put in my, my two and a half minutes. Uh, the rest of the show, it's kind of fun, folks. You know, I, I kind of got to sit back and, you know, eat some popcorn and, and listen to the show like like everybody else, and and uh, they did a great job. So, uh, bravo to both of you. It's amazing and, uh, that out of 17 episodes, only one of us has been here the whole time. Just just want to point that one out. Wonder who that could be, Crush. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, um, when, when's your next vacation, Goon? Uh, I'll be taking Friday and Monday off to bring the goon child to a university. Oh, but you're not going to miss any shows in the next, uh, I don't know, three weeks? Uh, no, I probably won't miss any shows until Thanksgiving. Yeah, one of us doesn't miss shows, because one of us has something called dedication. Or you just you just lack privilege. Yeah. It's the same thing to me. You you don't get, you don't <laughs> get vacation, do you? No. I... Well, there you go. Yeah, that would be the problem. I, I really, I was impressed. I had no idea, Goon, that you were actually the author, the agent of the most amazing um, uh, uh, benefit plan, you know, on the face of the earth. That was uh, it was quite uh, enlightening. It is it is my favorite benefit plan. I've I've always enjoyed the benefits of the company I work at, you know, because in fact they were they were developed by a genius, and certifiable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not certifiable gene, it's just certifiable. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, folks, um, most of the time... Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. Every single show we do at the end of each month, our conspiracy shows, are completely and totally well thought out because they are the complete and total domain of the Chief. The Chief has already been planning out like the next two conspiracy shows, so we're good. <clears throat> that kind of leaves the other three to four shows in the month um, really up to the goon and myself, and and <laughs> I'm barely getting back to the point where I'm sleeping on a regular basis, as the beginning of the show pretty much shows. And, and you know, goon really, you know, doesn't care. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, there's that. <laughs> but however, this week, goon found this wonderful story, and we thought, well. It kind of has a flavor of irony and personal responsibility. So we kind of all picked little things that kind of flow into one of those two topics. So today we're kind of going to be talking about things that you make you go, hmm, boy, that is a little ironic. And also, you know, wow, if you had, you know, done your own job a little bit better or run your own life a little bit better, maybe you wouldn't be in this spot. But uh, we're going to start off with with the... uh, with a story that kind of set the stage for the whole show. Goon, tell us about this amazing couple you found. Oh, this this just tickled my fancy. It comes from my favorite city, San Francisco, 
and my favorite liberal newspaper in San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle. Although I said San Francisco, so I'm redundant by, by saying liberal. Why, why, um, why are they your favorite city? Have you ever been there as a tourist? I went there uh, in the summer, and I had to go and buy a sweater. It is cold in the summer. I mean, Mark Twain was right when he said the coldest winter he ever spent was summer in San Francisco. Absolutely. Um, but I, they're, they're set up for tourism. I have had a wonderful time every time I visited. Hats off to you, uh, residents of San Francisco. Now, if you just get your politics right, we'll be okay. Or, you know, even if they get their act together from a, from a financial point of view. That, that would be good. Neither tell us about that. Neither one is going to happen. Well, what, well, I'll tell you, there's a wonderful street called Presidio Terrace. Ooh, sounds fancy. It, it is fancy. It's a block long. It's Ooh. a private oval street lined by 35 mega million dollar mansions. Wow. Right? They have it a must homeowner. cost a lot to live there. It, it does. Uh, let's talk about past homeowners. Now, none of these people apparently live there right now, but past homeowners have included Senator Dianne Feinstein. And her house and her financier husband, Richard Bloom. I was about to say, how does a public servant live in such a fancy area? Because you know we don't pay them that much. May, uh, late Mayor Joseph Alioto and uh, um, the yeah Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> so they all live on this street. They have a homeowners association, and the picture that we have—it's a nice looking street, isn't it? It is. I mean. Street. It, it, it is. It's got. I mean, the landscaping just on the islands in the middle of the of the oval street mm-hmm. are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it turns out that all those residents and the homeowners association they don't own the street anymore. Ah. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. What? They they don't own the street. Really? It, it was purchased for a, a little over ninety thousand dollars in a city run auction by. Um, by a young Asian couple, Tina Lam and Michael Cheng. Hmm. Uh, legal, because, legal immigrants, I'm sure. Uh, they are legal immigrants, indeed. Awesome. And uh, um, it's because the uh, Homeowners Association forgot to pay their taxes. <laughs> really? Would that be was it like it? Was it or refused? Well, was it a big amount? I mean, you know, like millions of dollars. It. it, it uh, um, why? Gosh, no. No, Crutch, it wasn't. It was $14 a year. Huh? But they failed to pay it for the last uh, 30 years. <laughs> that's a little... It's <laughs> a little late. It took the government 30 years to get around to saying, you were going to put this up for auction? Right, so... so well, they, why am I paying my mortgage? They uh, uh, Two years ago, the property went up for sale because the city was seeking to recover the $994 in unpaid back taxes, <laughs> penalties, and interest. And apparently, the uh, elites over there on Presidio Terrace ignored that, too. So when Ching and Lamb saw it in the auctions, they went, this is a good deal, bet we can make some coin on this, and they bought it. Wow. Cha-ching, that's, that's very Thank nice. You. Thank you. Um, they purchased it last year, April, to, or no, I'm sorry, uh, more than two years ago, April 2015. <laughs> and they've been sitting on it. And they were let, they said, well, we're looking to get title insurance so it could be more marketable. Mm. They what? said that, that, yeah, oh, this is, this is worth a bunch. <laughs> I'm loving this. 
It's got 120 parking spaces. Hmm. Anybody ever tried to park in San Francisco? No, no. I took public transportation. It, I the goon got a, got one of his few parking tickets in San Francisco. Um, wow. It's 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 a nightmare parking. So 120 spaces. Um, Mr. Cheng said we could charge a reasonable rent on it. <laughs> it, tur- it turns out the residents aren't really interested in paying for parking privileges. Um, in front of their own houses. In front of their own houses. Um, um, they they do have a gate on the community to keep the riffraff out. Do they own the gate? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, they don't own the street, the sidewalks, and all of the uh, all of the center islands, including the landscape. Oh God! I'd put a toll booth in. <laughs> Hundred bucks. Each have, way. A nice, have a nice day. No, actually, you know what? I would charge them 200 on the way in, and they could go out for free. <laughs> you know, to keep from traffic from getting backed up. Such um, a nice guy. So, oh a, sp- a spokeswoman from the liberal um, San Francisco uh, City uh, uh, Administration said, mm-hmm. 99% of property owners in San Francisco know what they need to do, and they pay their taxes on time. And they keep their mailing addresses up to date. There's nothing uh, that our office can do about the sale now. But 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 that, we're rich. That, that was we're my rich. hero. That was my hero, Amanda Freed, from the uh, uh, from the city of San Francisco. Um, but the thing that really made this uh, uh, such a such a nice stick it to the man story. Mm. Um, well, two things. Uh, the the first thing was the comments from uh, Miss. I guess it's Miss Lamb. I, I don't know that this couple is husband and wife. I, I suspect they are. Um, you could go with said, Ms. Ms. Lamb said, I just really wanted to own something in San Francisco because of my affinity for the city. Aww. And Mr. Cheng said, I am a first generation immigrant and the first time I came to San Francisco, I fell in love with the city. That's sweet. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was Ms. Lamb as well. She's an engineer in Silicon Valley. Born in Hong Kong, came to the U.S. for college and decided to stay. Um, Cheng said, the more we dug into this, the more interesting it got. Mm-hmm. And, and also, friends and neighbors, mm-hmm. um, a little irony in the purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, until a 1948 U.S. Supreme Court ruling banning the enforcement of racial covenants, homes in Presidio Terrace could only be purchased by whites. Wow. Well, I uh, we can see how the times have turned. Yes, very nice, very nice. I believe, I believe that falls into the dual categories of irony and personal responsibility. Bravo, goon. Thank you, and I and I for one, I for one look forward to our minority overlords. Well, there you go. That's true. I'm going to start learning uh, Cantonese right now. <laughs> Except that the majority speaks Mandarin. So. I, I want to be a minority. A minority, minority. Yeah, well, minority. Uh, as as stated earlier, mm-hmm. if you are Asian, you can't be the minority because there are more of you than anyone else on the planet. Well, there's that, but not here. Uh, check those demographics again. There's the ones you know about, and the ones you don't know about. Are they hiding? 
Well, as uh, you know, the misconception that everyone thinks that illegal immigration only has to do with people crossing the border from the south, when most people are just those that don't leave when they do get a visa to come over here. And while that has a little bit to do with personal responsibility, that has nothing to do with irony. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of that, mm-hmm. there are many of us who grew up watching that terribly educational show, Who's the Boss? Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and we got to see a particular person grow from a young flower into uh, a, a blooming idiot. <laughs> questionable female, I was going to say. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, that works too. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, when when we were when I was searching around for fun and game stories, um, this one keeps popping up. Um, I'm in charge of the show Twitter account, so I spend a lot of time trolling on Twitter. And uh, someone who pops up on Twitter a lot, because obviously she has a lot of time on her hand because maybe her career is doing much these days. Although I hear she just got into a new show, but that's beside the point, is, uh, is one Alyssa Milano. And um, Alyssa Milano, of course, as we know, got a show, Who's the Boss? She was there with, with Tony Danza, right? Yeah, that's right. There you, you go. got it. And then she did a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commando, yes, she Commando. did. Commando. She was what happened Chenny. to Sully? I let him she, go. She was, she, I believe she was Chenny. Chenny. Because he can't say J's? What? <laughs> that would be it, yes. Get to the chopper. Anyway. Um, so, so <laughs> Wow, this is good. I, 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 I had to get him started, Chief. I'm, I'm sorry, but I couldn't <laughs> let that one go. No, we're at the chopper. Um, so, yeah, so unfortunately for, for Ms. Milano... Um, She's run into a bit of financial difficulty. Um, it turns out that she is, uh, by all measurements, um, bankrupt. And uh, she's suing her business manager for financial ruin. Left her millions in debt and ruined her credit. Because um, he failed to pay her taxes. And he allowed her to spend $5 million on renovating a home that's only worth $3 million. Oh, is this the picture of the home here in the article? I do believe that is, in fact. Yeah, that's it. There you go. They're, um, they're doing quite an addition in this photo. <laughs> well, you know, $5 million only goes so far. You know, geez. But, uh, yeah, so as it turns out, um, her manager, whose name is um, Kenneth Helly, is an accountant with Helly Hoffer & Company. And he's suing, or she's suing them for mismanaging her, her funds. And and I kept thinking to myself, she's um she's an adult and she makes a lot of money. She's forty four years old. And now she's accusing him also of forging her signature on documents multiple times without her consent. That's gonna be the interesting part, I think, of this whole thing, because if he did, then then maybe this isn't all her fault. Somehow I got a small feeling this might be one of those, yeah, I signed this, but I didn't know I was signing, so I'll just say he signed it. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see how that all plays out. <clears throat> but, you know, I have been living on my own. My, my father basically sent me off to college and said, yeah, we're, as soon as you move into college, we're going to be <laughs> repurposing your bedroom. So there really wasn't the opportunity to come back. So I've kind of been living on my own pretty much since I was 18. 
And I've been, you know, making my own decisions financially since I was 22 when I got out of college and got my first job and got an actual apartment. And and I'm up there in years, folks. So I don't understand the idea that you would have so much money that you would just trust somebody else. See, my thing is, you know, because we're all playing Powerball and, and Mega Millions right now, the second thing I'm going to do after I collect my winnings is I'm going to hire two accountants, right? One to manage the money and the other one to manage the other accountant. <laughs> and then what I'm going to do is hire a third one that the two don't know about, okay? And then periodically I'm going to go in and take a course on accounting and look at the books myself, okay? You've got to be a little more responsible about this kind of thing. I mean, you really do. If any of us won the lottery, we would need help figuring out what to do with that money. It's not its not easy. It's a great problem to have, but I bet it ain't easy. Right. And, and you know, you see all the shows about all the people who have problems with the money. But, but, you know, her husband is an agent. You know, he's a CAA agent. And, um, you know, she had a West Hollywood condo. Her employees' paychecks and even her federal income taxes were not paid on time. You know how do you how do you not think about that? I mean, you can hire people to help you, but you can't hire people to take care of your responsibilities. You have to be the responsible person here. It just you know it was very ironic that you know someone who's going off on on you know how bad things are politically and how the country's being destroyed. You know she can't even manage her own affairs. Well, that's what happens when you live in a particular echo chamber. And all you hear is the same views that uh, that you think. So you must think that everything is right, or at least you're always right, because that's all you ever hear. I this this doesn't really have to do with that story, but there's a, a there's a report out that Chloe something Moretz uh, has said that she cannot believe the the Trump females and how they live in a bubble and don't know how it is in the real world and and it's it's just amazing that mm-hmm. they had all this stuff handed to them and don't understand their privilege yet as the 20 year old she is <laughs> who's been in show business for 13 years and maybe has not even had to brush her own teeth but you know <laughs> Jesus has been doing that it's, it's just amazing that you, you've had people taking care of you all your life to the point where you don't know how to take care of yourself. And when something happens, the only thing you can do is blame someone else because you, again, have no con- <coughs> concept of doing things on your own. It is, um, it is an amazing world to live in. It truly is. And we could go on for days about folks who... I don't know. Uh, I've always felt that getting medical advice from my lawyer or getting stock tips from my podiatrist or, or anything where, where somebody, you know, you really aren't a subject matter expert. You know, you can have an opinion, but, you know, don't play off the expert part. And, and the folks on the West Coast, they just love to be, you know, we know everything. And then you find a story like this where you can't even handle, you know, the money you receive for a God-given talent. Um, it makes a little suspect pretty much everything else I hear from. Or run a simple homeowners association. Um, well, yeah, you know, and, and, and again, you know, they're, they're all complaining, oh, well, you know, the homeowner there, the San Francisco story, well, you know, we had the wrong address. 
I'm sorry, you guys, you know, million-dollar houses, multi-million-dollar houses, it's your job to pay the bills. That includes the homeowners association. I don't have a multi-million-dollar house, not by any stretch. I happen to notice my quarterly bill didn't come from the, the homeowners association. I called them. You know, I've got a little notification. It needs to be paid, you know, June 1st. It's like May 28th, and I haven't got the bill. I called them, and they said, wow, we mailed this out. Let's, we'll, we'll send you a PDF, and you can print your own copy, and thanks for notifying us. I print, you know, but my responsibility, if I hadn't gotten the bill, it's not, you know, I can't just say, well, I didn't get the bill. I'm not going to pay it. Well, then, you know, I get a lien slapped on my property. Right. Now, you could say, if you didn't get the bill and you had forgotten about it, when you get the bill, if they wanted a slap in, you could say, well, you know what, I never got that original bill, but I, I will make this good right now. You presented me with, with a bill, and I will make it good. You're, you're right, that shouldn't have slipped through the cracks, but here's the bill, here you go. Yeah. Or you can do but, what I do when I get homeowners association stuff, and say go die in a fire, and... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't always go. It doesn't go well. But <laughs> <clears throat> let me take a guess. You live in an area that does not have a homeowners association, do they? That is correct. I I will go deep into the ghetto to avoid <laughs> being in a homeowners association. <laughs> I will fight this tooth and nail by moving to even scarier places. I, I guess this is a bad time to tell you that uh, in the home I lived in before State Lagoon Manor. I was uh, vice president of the Homeowners Association for 12 years. Oh, got, a lot. guys, um, I was the, the recording secretary for the very first Homeowners Association in my development, and uh, as a reward, I was sued for $850,000. So, you know, hey, that's, but that's, nice. a, that's another story. We, we had people on our board that always wanted to do, um, how do I put this gently, S- stupid things. And uh, uh, I would always respond at the meetings with, uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, how do you spell your name? I want to make sure that we get it right for the newspaper. (laughs) Well, I was the bane of mine, and I would walk my pet rat around to... uh... (laughs) My God. (laughs) Where do you get a a leash for a rat? I took a Cat5 cable, spliced it, and then tied it around his body. Oh God! They couldn't say anything because he was on a leash. <laughs> oh my God! Um, I, I did if not. If there's know any you did chance that. you have a picture of that, I promise I'll derez your face. <laughs> uh, so I have I have a picture of him. Poor Radion was uh, squeezed by my my kid because they like to hear him squeal. So it was a it was a bad time. We learned real early that kids can't handle animals. He he survived that. I mean, he he later died of regular rat stuff like a heart attack from eating too much fatty foods because <laughs> we we gave it. He was our leftover eater before the wife realized that I would eat everything and then I became the leftover eater. <laughs> so you put a rat out of work. I mean, look, it was him or me. So. Oh well, fair fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, speaking of rats, <clears throat> while we're on the subject, Chief, you have an interesting story that falls into our land of, wow, this is kind of funny. Yeah, he's not exactly a rat, but, mm. you know, there's... Mm. <laughs> mm. 
Look, when when you're a police officer, you, there's things you shouldn't be caught doing, like breaking the law. You know, when you're an ethics monitor, you, you shouldn't be sued for something unethical. And when you're part of the drug task force agent, you shouldn't <laughs> be transporting drugs around. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> poor... Uh, what is this guy's name? I I didn't I didn't actually see it on in the story. Christopher Heath. Yeah, Christopher so that, Heath. He was the uh, sheriff's deputy. Yes, sheriff's deputy. But he was he was along with two other people, and you know he had he. I mean, it's a small amount. I know certain uh, areas you can have like an ounce, <laughs> but he had two million dollars worth, which is about two hundred fifty pounds. That that weighs almost as much as me. Yeah. So can you imagine? Look, I, I a, a goon-sized doobie. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> smoke we're that. Gonna, we're gonna light up the whole town for you. <laughs> Suddenly, there's a smell of uh, of cannabis and pierogi. Cannabis. Ooh. Mm. Now, see, while he was transporting this, mm-hmm. he still had his badge and gun on him. <laughs> so you need protection. I, that's a lot. That's- Two million dollars worth? You, you're darn right. You need protection. I mean, he also had eleven thousand dollars in cash. There you go. This is true. Well, he's, he's going to get hungry on the way, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'll buy you a lot of a lot of funions. Well, two hundred fifty pounds of MJ. You know, that's. <laughs> he's gonna. That's a long trip. <laughs> you know. Which just goes to prove you've never heard of someone ODing on marijuana, no matter how much they put in themselves. <laughs> and he was going to try. No. Oh, wow. my God. 200 pounds of anything <laughs> I... else would kill you. 250 pounds of water, of beef, of oregano, <laughs> you know. Oh, my gosh. What is the going price for a bag of Funyuns? <laughs> I'm trying to think of how much you can buy with eleven thousand dollars. I think they're about two fifty. Well, you know, this is like a in Colorado, in Oregon, and uh, certain places in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. The Girl Scouts have set up shop outside of you know hookah and marijuana places, mm-hmm. and they have been cleaning up. You know, because normally they have to go around, knock on doors, say, do you want to buy it? But over there, you know, you have people that are like, all right, I want the whole crate. The crate, okay? Mm. <laughs> I want a gross amount. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can actually buy um, an entire uh, pack from, uh, from Amazon for $25. Now, of course, this pack gets you. Uh, I'm trying to see here. Do, 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 do. Um... Let's see, packs of four bags, and then the bags are... That can't be right. That's ridiculous. I must be looking at the wrong number here. Yeah, so the ginormous bag uh, goes for six ninety nine, And that bag has... Ooh, what's that? 14 ounces. Okay, well, for six for 7 bucks. So 11,000 divided by 7. This could, he, he could have a lot of Funyuns. That's one or two. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So what? What, what was this? I mean, he was obviously transporting it for somebody, or was he starting a side business? Or starting? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess at that rate, you're probably well established in the side business, right? Yes, this is. 
this is the way it goes. And see, <clears throat> it was only delivery. It wasn't intent to sell. I mean, the, the stuff that he could have been charged on, and he probably knew this. And uh, what I don't understand is why he just didn't say, look, you know, there's gonna there's a party going on. And <laughs> if you want to be down with this, then you just show up here at this time. And instead, I, I don't... It doesn't even say, you know, why he was pulled over, how they found it, and all that kind of stuff. It just says, yep, they got him. So maybe yeah. that part of the story does coincide with Rat. And there's probably a little more to it because it appears he went across state lines, which means the federalities will be involved. Uh, uh. Badges? <laughs> oh, we don't need to show you our badges. Uh, I got my badge. I've also got $11,000, and I got $2 million worth of, of uh, wacka weed. Wow. Okay, uh, okay, then you come with us. <laughs> uh, here's, well, here's some. There's some funyuns in the back of the cruiser. <laughs> I guess we'll go from a deputy to a sheriff. Ah, so uh, uh, yeah. what sheriff? What sheriff would that be? Uh, the former sheriff Arpaio, I imagine. Wouldn't it be good? It it it, it would be. I have a very long um, article here, which uh, which really amounts to. The sheriff has been convicted of a criminal misdemeanor contempt uh, because uh, uh, because he's enforcing the uh, immigration laws, or he was when he was sheriff. And he's basically asking, "Hey, where's President Trump on this case? You know, I'm doing what he wanted. There's a witch hunt against me being carried out by you know people who are holdovers from the Obama administration." Oh, it's even better than that. The judge that he's having all of his problems with, one district judge, Susan R. Bolton, uh, was uh, appointed to her position by one William Jefferson Bly Clinton. What? I didn't know his name was Bly. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, um, and she's got it in for him. Do you suppose she's married to Michael Bolton? <laughs> I'm, I was going to try and sing like him just then, but I, I opted out of it, so you're all welcome. Uh, you're, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I mean, how can this happen? The dude's 85. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing his job, and I really can't think of anything that he did that was illegal that we know about. Uh, they were, you know, a lot of the stuff he did was humorous, but, well, most, but most of it had a point. Well, most of this is basically you've got a judge who has taken it upon themselves, like so many judges we have seen recently, to basically decide that they're going to decide what laws should be enforced or not enforced. And she told him to stop doing what he was doing, which was supposedly profiling. Yeah, because you're profiled every day. About five years ago, every time I went to the airport, I got the extra love at the airport line. Know why? Because you look like a terrorist? Now, now, now you know me. Do I look like a terrorist? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chief. Anytime. No, no. Yeah. Because you have that lovely, warm smile that people take to be a sign of sanity. That, that could be, but it's really because I have big feet. This is right after the shoe bomber. Oh, and they thought you had the exercise bomb. And, and they would look, my... my Shoes are 14 triple E in size. And you know what? I was profiled. That's uh, that's that's kind of sad. I, I, I feel bad for you, Goon. I'm sorry. Well, well, so On behalf of those who, uh, who, uh, who don't get profiled, you know, privilege and all, 
I apologize. <laughs> well, 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 and, and and thank you very much. I since you're already sad, mm-hmm. um, I would like to close today remembering a great country uh, uh, and Western uh, musician and actor who died this past week, Glenn Campbell. Um, Rhinestone Cowboy. Right, one of his two big hits, Rhinestone Cowboy, and do you know what the other one was? Uh, Wichita Lineman. Those are I, all hits, but the ones that... By the time that I, I went, got to Phoenix? I've actually performed that one in an acapella group, but no, that's not it. It's it's Southern Nights was this other uh, big oh, uh, big hit. Yeah. All of those were hits, but those were the big ones. And Plus, three years on television with the Glenn Campbell Comedy Hour. Right, and he got to play supporting actor for John Bygod Wayne in True Grit. Absolutely, with Kim Darby. Indeed, indeed, it's and of trivia today. Yeah, and you know, you know what? Um, he didn't always have a good life. He got involved with uh, uh, drugs and alcohol, and uh, you know, back in the eighties, uh, he was in the news quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, very famous uh, uh, mugshot of him looking really, really harsh. Right, and that's where, uh, during that arrest, he kept like yelling on Glenn Campbell, because he was really messed up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, we talked about personal responsibility. You what know what he think? did? <laughs> yeah. You know what he did during that, uh, after that arrest and conviction, uh, Chief? He slapped somebody. He, uh, he, he, <laughs> served it, he served his ten days in prison. That's mm-hmm. not slapping. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, no community service. No whining to a lawyer, no asking for privilege. He, he went. He basically took it like a man. Does, what was that old? Does he know what that means nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> I wow. just, I just knew you were going to go there, but I couldn't resist tossing that softball right up there. So, uh, so Glenn, you will, you will be missed. Thank you for all your contributions. He, he died of Alzheimer's, and if you look at any of the, I'll put a couple articles on there that. Uh, talk a little bit about his life. I'll put him up on Facebook. And uh, cool. gentlemen, audience, all the people we got from MSNBC, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>